Good morning. My name is Calvin Davis, and I will be reading the scriptures. Listen for the word of God. Today's gospel reading is from the good news according to Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 22. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arm and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and is to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer, night and day. At that moment she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, the child grew up to become a strong, filled with wisdom, and a favor of God was upon him. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh God, our strength our rock, our redeemer, the word made flesh, dwell among us and shine with your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning we have Jesus, or Joseph and Mary, and Jesus show up at the temple in Jerusalem. Even though yesterday was Christmas in our calendar, uh, biblically, we jump ahead 40 days, and we know that this is 40 days because the story tells us that the family has come for their purification. According to the law, the Torah, childbirth means you're ritually unclean for 40 days. <laughs> Boo, no. <laughs> so they bring, it says, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. This is where the song, two turtle doves. It's a sacrificial gift that will cleanse Mary 
and so her and her family can join the community again as a full participant. Uh, this, this sounds like a drag in some ways, but it's kind of, kind of the opposite of her own practices, at least pre-COVID, uh, whereas mother and baby get a couple days rest if they're lucky, then it's grandparents and onesies and casseroles and all those other things. This is 40 days. Nobody touches you for 40 days. Just stay away. So it's purification time. But it's also the time to dedicate their son to God's service. From the beginning, the text tries its hardest to show us that Mary and Joseph are deeply rooted in the traditions of their ancestors. They take part in these simple rituals because they're deeply dedicated, faithful people. And a large part of that dedication is passing their faith down to their son. This is part of the whole process. But this whole faith thing isn't that easy. It's not that easy. The first guy that they meet in the temple is an old man named Simeon. He's righteous and devout, we're told. He's dedicated. Like Ingrid said, he's one of those old guys who shows up at church every Sunday. He's one of those people who has shown up at church his whole life, not Clinton. Clinton has not been at church his whole life. Uh, There's where the difference is (laughs) very apparent. Um, who's made it to every high holiday, every congregational dinner. He's a person of character. He loves the Lord. He's just, and he's humble. But here's the thing. He's also spent his whole life waiting. He has, it said, says, looked forward to the consolation of Israel. He's looked forward to the delivery of his people from foreign domination. First the Babylonians, then the Persians, then the Greeks, and now the Romans. These are some pretty high hopes that this guy has, almost 500 years in the making. And what's more, it says, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit, not a Spirit, but the Holy Spirit rested upon him and delivered a message, delivered a promise. Before he dies, it says, he will see the Lord's Messiah. So he's not only longing and wishing for the delivery of his people, but he's received a promise that he'll be there to see it. He's going to have a front row seat. He's been told that he'll see the one who will not only deliver Israel, but deliver the whole creation from bondage with his own eyes. God's going to show up, and then Simeon can die happy, right? It's like, whoa, yes, oh, okay, finally I can, oh, it's been such a long wait. Then there's this other person the Holy Family meets in the temple, another who knows all about longing and unfilled expectations. Anna is 84 years old. She's a prophet, it says, a long distinguished line of good religious folk, maybe a minister's kid or something in a long line of ministers, families, family of ministers, but life hasn't been kind to her. She is a widow. She lived with her husband for seven years, and then he died. And uh, for them, no babies meant no future, meant no grandchildren meant no future. For Anna, this, none of this meant that she had a future. So it says she never left the church property. She never stopped off of it, stepped off of it. She worshiped there. She fasted day and night. The life she longed for never came to pass. But she stuck around in the hope that someday it actually would. 
So the temple that Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to is full of unfulfilled expectations, promises made that have yet to be fulfilled. God is missing in action so far. Anna and Simeon are the devoted people who show up day after day after day, hoping for God to do the same, hoping for God to show up. And maybe it's not so different for, for us. Anna and Simeon have spent their whole lives waiting on God in the temple. By all accounts, their God has been defeated several times over by much stronger gods, commanding armies and empires. The Romans tell them that they got to get with the program, give up your old superstitions because we're on the cutting edge of history. You know, we're the next big thing, so join us or else. Keeping faith is a hard thing at any time. Keeping faith is a hard thing today. God was once a given, but as Vancouver's favorite son, Douglas Coupland says, Generation X, not me, those who are slightly my elders, Kelly, I see you there, <laughs> uh, may have been the first, Gen Xers may have been the first generation to, quote, grow up without God, God of some, in some form. The fact that this is a source of pain for many of us, uh, those of us in the church, uh, many of us who long for the day where our children, grandchildren, or our spouses might join us on Sunday morning. And the last couple of years have been especially hard uh, because less than half the congregations return to worship in person. Even the old faithful ones. You know, it's like we're missing Anna or we're missing Simeon any given Sunday. History seems like it's going a certain way and it looks like the church is on the wrong side of it. And yet, Anna and Simeon still stick it out. It's like the people who showed up today for church. They still stick it out. They find themselves on what appears to be the wrong side of history, but they're still able to see God when God finally shows up. Remember how the story says that the Holy Spirit made the promise to Simeon that before he died, the Messiah would arrive. Well, one day, a day like any other, the Spirit kind of taps him on the shoulder and says to him, head, on, <laughs> head inside the temple. Today is the day. And he does. And there they are, Joseph and Mary, who wandered in cradling this month-old baby boy. And as soon as he sees uh, then Simeon reaches out and he scoops little baby Jesus up. I mean, I've seen a few situations in the church where there's some newcomer and somebody from the church who's very well-meaning just comes and like grabs the baby and like holds him and they're like, oh my God, <laughs> I don't know you. Why are you grabbing my child? But he just smashed, snatches the baby out of Mary's arms, just like, oh, okay. And Joseph and Mary kind of stand there speechless at the stranger's insensitivity towards their personal boundaries. I'm not saying do this to any new coming children. I'm saying, I'm saying advising against it. But here's what happens here, okay? This is what happens here. Simeon's got Jesus in his arms, and the first thing he does is break out into song. You know, we have, we have to remember that the Bible is much more like a musical, right? It's, or a Bollywood movie. 
even. When important stuff happens, you know, there's singing, you know, just around the river bend, you know, the side. Pocahontas. Um, when important stuff happens, you just got to sing it. Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. I will not sing that, but that's sung by Simeon. Because Simeon knows when God shows up. He can see. He has eyes to see God's presence. He can finally pass away. Simeon can call it a day, right? He can sign off of the, he can drop off the last committee and he can go. His eyes have got a glimpse of the old promises finally fulfilled. The thing is that these aren't even Simeon's own words, right? These are words lifted from the Old Testament book of Isaiah, the words of the prophet who spoke of the promises of God's coming future centuries before Simeon was born. We have a lot of readings from Isaiah during Christmas. In fact, just about all the songs in the, Old, the New Testament are kind of riffs on the old. When God is up to something new, God's people lean back on the old music. We sing, Come all ye faithful. These old stories of hope from the faith, the tradition of our ancestors. On account of these old songs, Simeon knows what to look for. He knows who to look for in his midst. He's been hanging around the temple all these years and these ancient promises, so he knows how to look and has something to say when God finally shows up. He's like, right there, God, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace. And Anna, too, I mean, we can't forget Anna. She hears all this commotion And she comes to see, and she kind of breaks into her own praise. You know, she sings her own song. Starts to be a duet between these two elderly folks. She praises God and rushes around telling everybody who was, it says, looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. All those who had been holding out hope and faith in God's coming future, where all the hopes would be fulfilled, where finally an end to their suffering would come once and for all, where all tears would be wiped away. And God's kingdom of justice and peace would finally be known. They got a glimpse. They got a foretaste in the temple with Jesus. So both Anna and Simeon have hung around the temple their whole lives, living faithfully on the word of a promise with no evidence to the contrary. But then when God finally shows up in their lives, they have the language to speak. Thanks to their great inheritance, Of faith, they have eyes to see and ears to hear and a song to sing and pass down. They know what's going on. So when we gather here at the temple, the church, week after week, sometimes, you know, on a Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday, at Christmas, maybe some of us already come with Simeon's song on our lips because God is always showing up in our lives. God's presence is always there, but maybe some of us come like Simeon and Anna to whom the promises of God haven't been made good on quite yet. Faithfully intending in hope, longing to be reminded of the ancient promises of God's future. Maybe like Anna and Simeon, we come so that when God does finally show up, we'll know it 
will have the eyes to see and the language to speak and be able to name it in others and share it among those who don't know. Now, a minister I know tells a story, a friend of mine tells a story of visiting this large, vibrant African-American congregation in Atlanta, Georgia. And he describes this place as like full of music, of energy and hope, where God really does make a difference. And that church is a place where people's lives are changed. You know, like just when you think the fifth song is over, right, the soloist gets up and starts leading something new. And being a United Church minister, he wasn't prepared for the length of the service, which was more than two and a half hours long. It was filled with singing and praise and testimonies, and to top it all off, the sermon was 45 minutes long, right? I mean, some of mine might feel like they're 45 minutes long. But just when you thought an hour and 15 for a service was pushing it, you know, just when you're like, oh man, I got to get out of here. I got to get brunch. I know this place is better than brunch, but that's where I'm going next. Curious, he found the preacher after worship and asked why the whole thing was so long. He's like, couldn't you have said that or sung that within a little bit of a as much smaller period of time? And the preacher smiled and he said, you know, gave a big grin and he said, every day and everywhere else, TV, advertising, and in schools, our kids are told that they are nothing, that they aren't good enough, and that they are of no special value to anyone. The least thing we can do, he said, the least thing we can do is spend a couple of hours every Sunday reminding them that they are precious and that they are beloved children of God. The least thing we can do is remind them every Sunday, that they are precious. Take a couple hours out of the week and say so. Now, I know that on Christmas, the focus is on a baby and the family, but this text is a special word for those of us who ain't babies or of childbearing age. You are the Simeons and Annas. Not just me, not just Clinton. <laughs> Ellen and Clinton, Simeon, no. But you are the Simeons and Annas. Your job, your God-given vocation, isn't just to develop your faith. It isn't just to be spiritually fed or inspired, though I hope to God that those things happen here. But your job is to steward the faith and to pass it on to people who need to be reminded week after week who they are as beloved children of God. To keep watch for Christ in our midst. To respond with joy when he shows up, especially when he visits in the form of the next generation. This is the high calling of the church. This is your high calling to be Simeons and Annas to a world in such desperate need for good news. That is the Lord knocking 
at your heart. <laughs> I don't know why the, uh, why, the, <laughs> why the doorbell's going off right now. But. When Mary and Joseph are finished at the temple, nothing really spectacular happened, you know, when they got home. When all is said and done, they go home to Nazareth. And is Nazareth, it says, that the child Jesus grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Even someone like Jesus, where God shows up in the flesh, was met at the door with loud praises of joy and hope. Even Jesus was met by faithful people to nurture him, to pass on their traditions, their wisdom, and their hope. Even Jesus needed people who know who they are and know God when God shows up. So may we be a people, a church that learns from Anna and Simeon May this be a community where the hopes of God shine through every window and every face as a light to the world. Those with ears, let them hear. Those with eyes, let them see. And let every voice lift and sing, Christ is born, bring him glory. Amen and hallelujah.